You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. How good is God? He's faithful. Amen. You know, um, it, when you're saying bestseller, well, that is true. But uh, but the the number one bestseller of all time, without exception. With no close competition is the Word of God. It's, it's the most sold. It's the most stolen. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the most smuggled. It's the most imprisoned because of it. There are nations all over the world right now that are desperate to just get, get a, a leaflet of this Bible in their hands. And we get the privilege of accessing it, engaging it, preaching from it, teaching from it, responding to it, having the full counsel of God's word in our life. And it transforms us little by little by little by little until you wake up and go, man, I'm not who I used to be. I may not be where I want to be, but I'm not who I used to be. Amen. And I want to encourage you, if you're newer to your faith, if you're newer to really following Jesus and really the church thing and community and really going after it, I want to encourage you, don't quit. Keep, keep in the word of God. Keep following him. Keep leaning in because people can get, can get disheartened because, of, man, how come my life isn't all figured out yet? How come I got it all fixed together yet? But I'm telling you what, the Bible says that we're transformed. It's a process by renewing our mind, renewing a heart. And, and there's people in this room right now, you look at them and you might think, man, they must have, life must be easy for them. Life must be all put together. They look like they got, they got no problems. But man, if you heard their backstory, man, if you heard their testimony of what God brought them through, and that's because they kept engaging God's word. Amen? Amen, amen. High five somebody and grab a seat, and uh, let's, uh, let's thank our amazing worship team. You guys are so good, looking so good on that, uh, that preview screen, Jerry. Come on, somebody. And uh, Daniel, man, what a, what a great worship song. I know uh, there's many that are kind of coming from our house and coming from here. And, you know, there's, some, there's always a touch when something's fresh and it came from kind of like uh, the author, so to speak. And this is the first time I've heard Daniel and the team here lead that song. And I'll just tell you something. It's a little different. It's a, it hits a little different. <laughs> it's powerful, man. What a song. What a touch of God's presence. So I feel like I didn't have my V8 today because I'm, I'm a little bit of a slant on this stage, but it's all good. I wore my youth uh, rally night shoes. Hey, getting, felt like getting fired up. I didn't, I didn't, know, uh, I didn't know if the all-terrain would be a little different, had to move a little faster. Shout out to his shepherds. Is that what it is? Come on, somebody. Excellent coffee. Coffee break sponsored by. Yeah, I always like to have sponsorships. That's important, okay? Um, you know, you can't buy these shoes without a few sponsorships. <laughs> Not really. These aren't preacher sneaker level. These aren't, these aren't, these aren't on that level. But, um, but, man, it's good to be here, good to hang. And I am honored to get a chance to oversee our Connect groups. And shout out to uh, our, your campus directors, Jake and Joy Shooty. Come on. Two of the best in the business. 
Come on, you guys have been uh, so amazing at building and just seeing people getting discipled here, seeing people getting connected. And, and then we also have our, our, uh, our coaches. Our coaches are those who oversee a few groups and, and put that together. So I wanted to give uh, some quick honor to the Walters and the Smiths who are also right over there. You guys are awesome. Thank you for stepping up and, and serving people, loving people well, and, and being, being leaders of leaders. So we're so thankful for that. And, uh, you know, if you're not in a connect group, here's the plug. Get in on it. You know what I mean? Get in community. Get in relationship. Don't do life alone. Amen? Amen. Hey, I'm excited to continue this series. Oh, hey, quick shout out to my fellow intern, co-worker, representing Samuel, right over here, Wave. Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, the Connect Department is full of people named Samuel. My name is Samuel. One of our interns is Samuel. Uh, Marissa Fine, who is our administrative director for Connect, her husband's name is Samuel. So if your name is Samuel, I would like to invite you to be a part of my internship program. It's a very exclusive club, Samuel's only. And uh, that's, I guess that's how, that's how we roll. But you're a legend. I'm proud of you. Thank you for all your serving and what you do to step up. And all the interns, all the interns representing, building the kingdom of God, taking ground. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Something that I feel like the Holy Spirit was speaking. I said, okay, God, what's, what's the atmosphere right now? What's the moment? What's the season? What are we trying to do? What's the climate of the world that we're living in? And I, I want to speak into that in a second. But I want to start by reading out of Genesis chapter 1 that kind of throws us back to the beginning. One of the things I love from time to time, if you're trying to make sense of the world or you're trying to make sense of what would God do or how would he want it, not every single scenario is laid out in the beginning, uh, you know, a couple chapters before sin entered the earth, but you do get some snapshots. And it's this concept called original intent. So you got to kind of go back before sin, before the world got crazy, what was God's original plan? What was God's original plan? And I, I moved on too fast. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to shout out your amazing campus pastors, the Hunleys. I know, I know, uh, I know, I don't know that they, they didn't ask for it, didn't need it, but, uh, but they, they well deserve it. They are uh, a couple full of honor, full of integrity, full of passion for this city, for you guys. And uh, I, I love you guys, and I'm so honored to be here and be in this moment. But uh, one more time, let's honor your campus pastors. They're amazing. Yeah, I just felt I'd be shouting out all day. And Ashley Cox, how great was that? That was, that was amazing. It's also funny, I have a, a longtime friend from the Northwest named Ashley Cox as well. So that's cool. Um, the uh, Just random anecdotes here as I continue. But original intent, so sometimes you can get a snapshot of how God originally intended life to be, the earth to be, humanity to be, relationship to be, his interaction between God and man, our responsibility, our role on earth. So let me read out of Genesis 1, starting verse 27 and 28, just to remind you here. It says, so God created mankind in, uh, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female he created them. It's good to remember that you're not an accident, 
right? It's good to remember that you didn't just evolve to this state, right? You are hand designed by God. You are, you are image bearers. We bear the very image of the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. We are his offspring. We are the sons and daughters of God, right? You are designed by God this way. So you're not an accident. You're not, you're not uh, you know, what, whatever it is that, that the world tries to send at us. Much of, I'll tell you this honestly, much of the issues that we face today is due to the fact that people have rejected this very truth. Literally almost everything can come back to the fact that people no longer know who their father is. They no longer know and believe that they have purpose, that they got destiny, that they got identity, that they're not just an accident, they're not just a happenstance. Their life it matters for something, right? Has value. I remember years back I was doing this kind of two-question interview on the, the campus of uh, up in Seattle when I lived up there at University of Washington and I uh, asked a question, number one, do you believe there's a God? And I thought everyone was going to say no and kind of cuss me out a little bit because it was a pretty, pretty anti-God, hyper-liberal type of a, a college environment. And I was actually shocked at how many people said yes. They believe there was a God. They believe there was a God. Um, many said absolutely yes. Some said, you know, some power or whatever, you know, kind of a response. But then the second question of, but do you believe, and I asked this, do you believe God has a plan for your life? And that almost made me want to cry after everybody's response because most people didn't believe God cared about their life. They didn't believe God had any interest in them, that God was even, you know, even almost knew their name. Many of them, too, like, well, you know, God's busier with other things. God, God's, God's got a lot on his mind, and I don't think he really is that in, it, When you start thinking that way, when you, when you think you're an accident, you start living at, like an accident, Right? When you, when you feel like you have no purpose, you live that way. When, when someone tells you you have no value, you live that way. And people start living into that identity, living into that deal. And so we see all the pain and the abuse and the misusing and mistreating of themselves, others, right? Even things down to abortion, right? That is, is an ultimate end of not understanding the created in the very image of God value that every life has, from conception to the grave, right? Every life has value. Everyone has been created in the image of God. So verse 28 says, so God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. So this is the first kind of mandate, the first mission statement that God has given humanity, and we still carry this today. So if you've ever wondered, man, I just wish I knew what God's will for my life is, I'm, I'm telling it to you right now, okay? So I oftentimes tell people, like, listen, don't get too freaked out. If you don't feel like you know what you're supposed to do with your life, start here. This is it. Be fruitful, right? Increase in number. And that's maybe making kids, and some of y'all are doing a great job. I see a lot of strollers, so well done. <laughs> Increase in number. My older brother, they thought, they thought I, I, I didn't know how to create kids for a little while because my older brother was married only one year longer than me. He currently has nine children. We're not Amish or Catholic. They just, um, they really take this verse seriously. So uh, we waited about five years before we started having kids. They like, all started texting me. Congratulations, you guys finally figured it out. So, <laughs> slow learners, it's fine. Um, but yeah, no, they have nine kids, man. 
And they're, they're amazing. It's literally like a miracle. You know what I mean? It's just like how they lead them, love them, build. And they're like prayer warriors, probably the eldest ones looking at maybe coming out here doing an internship. And, and, uh, and they just love Jesus passionately. And, and, uh, but increase, multiply, right? Increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue it. Okay? Rule over the fish in the sea. It's probably every fisherman's favorite verse, right? Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky. And here's the hunters. There we go. And over every living creature that moves on the ground. You and me are destined to reign. We're destined to rule. We were designed by God to take dominion, to subdue, to rule, to lead. Right, our, our, our design as humanity was not to be in some type of dominated, destroyed, subdued, you know, uh, type of a state. We are here to rule, to reign, to lead, to oversee, right? This is our mandate. We've actually been given earth as an assignment by God. By assignment by God. Hey, if you just think you're randomly just bouncing through life until the end, you, you, got, you got to go back to the beginning. He put you and me here on earth to rule the earth. We're taking care of the planet on his behalf, right? We're on assignment from heaven to manage it. And guess what? It matters how we manage what he's given us, right? He expects something. He expects us to take ground, to take territory. You know, he could have just created enough humans to literally like live on every square sort of, you know, acre of of the earth and just said okay everybody you're on the planet that's your square run it you're in charge of it but no he starts with two he puts them in a garden and he says rule the earth so that means that there was a lot of intention of multiplying traveling seeking new lands you know discovering new places taking new territory taking rulership of it. We're designed that way. If you haven't noticed, that's why we keep multiplying our campuses. Come on, somebody. Somebody prophesied in this building over here right now. Come on. How good is that? Hey, four corners of a building never look so good. Come on. Telling you what. I love that I can see it while I'm preaching. Come on. Talk about having a vision, you know what I mean, for something. I, I know we're going we're gonna to believe for a uh, really good AC or a temporary location during the summer here. Come on, somebody. Because I heard it gets a little warmer in El Cajon. Come on. Gets a little warmer up in here. Just a tad. Just a smidge. But God, God's called us to rule and to reign and to dominate, to take dominion, to lead what God has given us. And that's why it's important that whatever you've been given, you actually look to not just maintain it, but actually multiply it. Whatever you're given. We'll have different gifts here. Not every one of us is going to be an entrepreneur with 10 businesses. But whatever you've been given, right, increase it. Grow it. Multiply it. Your goal is not to just be holding on until Jesus comes and then go, well, I didn't do much, but at least I didn't die or at least I didn't lose it. Remember the parable of the talents? That didn't go so well, right? The intention of heaven is that whatever you've been given, you multiply it. You increase it. You take dominion. But as I was praying with that in mind in, in this season, I just felt like God was, was showing me, it's, you know, it, as a nation, maybe specifically for some of us in this room, but it was like if we're called to take dominion and take ground, why does it feel like a lot of times we're, we're losing ground from time to time or in different settings? When you look around at certain things, you see ground lost. You see territory that's been given up. 
You think about our nation right now, there's a lot of ground that has been lost in certain areas of our nation, right? From some of the original founding principles of what guided our country, we have lost some ground. Would you agree with that, right? The, the, you know, obviously, God's kingdom is still advancing, but there's always ebbs and flows of things, and you see that there's been some ground lost. Obviously, from uh, directly as Americans, liberties lost, freedoms infringed upon, things that have been retreated. But in a general sense, even from a morality, our founders knew that the republic, a free, sustaining republic, only works if the people have a morality. And it wasn't just a whatever your fish, you know, like your, you know, coexist stick or you pick a religion and that's your morality and then we can sustain. No, the founders knew that the morality that could sustain a free people was the biblical morality, Right. Every single one of them, without exception, understood that reality is that the Bible is the foundation that could hold and sustain a free nation. Man, we've lost some ground there. Man, it seems like in certain areas of education and morality, we've lost some ground. It feels like we've lost some ground when it comes to, you know, some, you know, uh, even, you know, addictions and brokenness and pain and, and relationships and marriage stats and all kinds of stuff. It seems like there's been some ground loss. We're not designed to be a retreating people. We're designed to be an advancing people. So, but sometimes we find ourselves in situations where we may look at our own lives right now and go, man, I've lost some ground in some areas. Maybe, maybe you lost some ground in your marriage. You know, maybe you lost some ground relationally. Maybe you lost some ground in your health. Maybe you lost some ground uh, in, in your passion, in your faith. You may find yourself, man, I, I just, why does it feel like I've lost some ground. I, I, maybe I had taken territory, but now I find myself defeated again. Maybe in an area of an addiction, man, you taking ground and it feels like, man, here I am back again. Here I am dealing with stuff again. I've, I've lost some ground. And I, as I was thinking around this topic, then I, I called uh, one of my brothers. His name is Peter and uh, one, of, one of the six of us. Uh, and we're all Bible names, Daniel, Samuel, David, Stephen, Peter, Rachel. Rachel is the youngest of six and a girl, yes, the only, only one of the tribe. And, uh, but my brother Peter is, is a vet. He's a um, retired, um, do you call it retired or is that only if you did the full 20? I don't know. It's only if you do the full 20. So he's a, uh, he's a former uh, Army Ranger. And uh, dealt with more, mainly explosives and things of that nature. Did quite a few tours uh, over in Afghanistan and Iraq. And, and uh, right, right in the middle of kind of all the intensity. And talk about a, a surreal call when he called me and said, hey, can you be the one that they call if, if I die? And I thought, wow. First of all, I'm glad you didn't call our mom to ask her to be that person to give a call. But what a surreal thing. And so as I'm thinking about this, I just want to honor anyone here uh, who served in the military. If you served in any way, um, I guess I, I want to know who you are. Could you stand? I just want to honor you. If you served in the military, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You guys are, are truly our heroes. I, uh, my eyes may have been watering last night. Somehow I got, found myself on a video, highlight reels of military uh, men and women coming home to like surprise their spouse or their kids after being away for a while. And I was like, good God, this is horrible and amazing uh, all at the same time. But I, I'm talking to my brother and I said, okay, talk to me about, and, and I'll do my best to relay because I've not been 
you know, in, in, uh, in a battle in, in that way. And, um, but I'll do my best to relate kind of what he shared with me when it came to when you're taking territory. I said, what's that like? What, what kind of thing? What are you focused on when you're taking new land, new territory? I thought it was interesting. The first thing he said to me, he said, first of all, when you, when you win, the battle's not over. That's what he said. He said, when you win, when you get a victory, the battle's not over. And basically what he was saying, he goes, you know, that's when you take ground, the first thing you got to do is not just sit back and go, sweet, we want a victory. The first thing is you got to set up the perimeter. You got to secure the perimeter. You you got to you got to secure it. You got to put up your defenses. You got to figure out how to keep the ground. It's one thing to take ground. It's another thing to establish that ground, keep that ground, maintain that territory. And, and that was the thing I felt was like I, I want us to take ground, but I, I don't want us to lose ground we've taken. I want us to take ground and then establish it. Take that territory, own that space, live, live into what. God has for you. And so I began, to, I was like just writing as fast as I could as my brother started talking because I felt like, wow, what a, what a word and what a word picture for every single one of us as we're processing through this is that, you know, if, if we take physical ground in a battle type of a sense, you got to secure the perimeter. you got to make sure that things are going to be dialed in so that the enemy can't come right back for a counterattack. So the enemy can't take you out. And that can be often one of those things. If we're not careful, we first get saved. We first start following Jesus. We've taken territory. We've won some battles. But if we don't have a perimeter secured, if we don't got our life secured in a way that allows us to resist what the enemy's trying to do, we can find ourselves losing ground again. We can find ourselves taken over again. And the enemy is attempting, you, you know, he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. That, that, that's the, the focus of the enemy. So, and and he, doesn't, he doesn't tend to give up easily just because you have one victory. You, you take a little territory and you go, oh, well, okay, well, I'll never mess with the guy the rest of his life. No, no, he's, he's going he's gonna to regroup for a counterattack on you. The good news is you can defeat him, but you've got to have your perimeter secured. You've got to secure it. Uh, we've got to learn how to do that. We, we don't have to allow the enemy to steal from us. I think sometimes we get into a space where the enemy's just taking stuff, and it's almost like we're unaware of it, so we're just allowing him to come in and rob our house in different ways, and rob our space. But we don't have to allow the enemy to steal from us. We don't have to allow the enemy to take back territory that we have established, that we have taken ground, that we have dominated, that we've gone after it. It kind of reminds me of... Um, Sometimes when, uh, when I would travel, especially when I first came a little over five years ago down here and just serving at Awaken, but I was traveling and preaching a lot more and in different churches. Of course, that changed a little bit with COVID, fun and excitement. Not everybody's as bold as Awaken. I don't know if you know that. But, uh, um, but anyway, so when I would travel, it felt like every time I would leave the house, all hell would break loose in my house, right? Kids are getting sick. Stuff would happen. Cars breaking down. Garbage going on when I left. And, and Katie brought that up one time to Pastor Leanne, and, and she goes, oh, yeah, that, that happened all the time until we realized Jurgen had to, Pastor Jurgen had to, like, take authority over our home when he left. It was like unintentionally, you, you as the head of your home, you're securing the perimeter by your presence in that place. And if you leave, in essence, it unguarded, 
The enemy has this ability to come in and start messing with your family. So I was like, all right, cool. So I just started just declaring the blood of Jesus, covering my home, surrounding my home, protecting my wife, protecting my kids. And you saw a decrease of those attacks while I was away because I had secured the perimeter. Reminds me of uh, the children of Israel when they were leaving uh, Egypt, right? And God's taking them out. All the different plagues are happening. And there's that, you know, the angel of death is going to come and take out the firstborn uh, of every home unless you secured the perimeter of your home with the blood of Jesus, right? The blood of Jesus covering the doorposts. And then when death came knocking, when, when the enemy came to attempt to breach the perimeter of that home, it would see the blood of Jesus, it would see the lamb's blood, that prophetic picture, and it would not enter the home. So we have the power of the name of Jesus. We have the power of the blood of Jesus. We got to secure our homes in a different way. Come on, the enemy would try to have it. The enemy wants to mess with you. The enemy would want to take territory in your workplace, in your family, in your friends, in your mind, in every area of your life, but we've got to learn how to secure the perimeter. I remember um, also when Katie was first uh, started doing some real estate down here uh, in SoCal and as an agent and, you know, starting to pick up a little bit, getting different clients, but it felt like clients kept basically falling through all the time. And, of course, there's always ebbs and flows of that in any business that you do. There's highs and lows. There's, you know, losses and wins and all that. But it felt like an unnatural amount where they're always like, oh, just going to go with another agent at the last minute, uh, backing out, stop calling, whatever. And it was just like, what is happening? And finally, someone said, hey, listen, don't let the enemy steal those deals from your wife. That's what Pastor Jurgen told me. Stop allowing that to happen. I was like, okay, yes, sir. And uh, so I just started declaring, come on, these deals are closing. Come on, enemy, get your hands off of, of my wife's work and my wife's business. And we saw a shift begin to take place. We got to secure the perimeter of the ground that we've taken. Right? You know, 2020, or this last year, I almost got a little PTSD. I saw, you know how social media reminds you of things that happened like a year ago? Uh, a year ago, you know what we were announcing as Awaken? Hey, we're still having church, but we're taking it day to day to see how, God, I, I literally was like, ah, this is more like a nightmare reminder, not like, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's, I don't know where I was going with that. Anyways. Lost my turn of thought, threw me off. Come back, Jesus. Um, so we gotta we gotta secure the perimeter, right? The enemy's gonna try to try to mess with us. And here's one of the things that was interesting. My brother, uh, the ranger, said he goes, he said one of the things you gotta be careful of is you really want to secure it because if you take ground and then the enemy takes it back from you, he said there can be a big mental battle when that happens, right? to, to uh, being able to retake the ground that you lost. He said, but also the enemy will use things against you that you built in that season. So you built up watchtowers and you put fencing and you put, you know, barrier things, military terms, right, to, uh, to guard yourself against the enemy. Now the enemy uses those things to defend against you when you try to retake the territory. So it's almost sometimes harder to regain land that was lost. And I thought about that. How true is that when it comes to our lives? Maybe you felt like you've won in an area of an addiction. 
And then, oh, man, you find yourself, you lost ground, something happened. And now, not only are you trying to regain that ground and overcome an addiction, but now the enemy's chirping in your ear like all the shame, right, all the regrets, all of the you should have, and I can't believe you claim to be a Christian, and now look at you, and right? So the enemy can now use these things against you to get in your head and, and mess with you. So we want to we wanna take ground. And then we want to secure it. We want to establish it. We want to lock it in. We want to see this thing determined. So does that say I have two minutes left? All right. Well, I have seven points in two minutes. <laughs> I want to be like Pastor Jurgen. I'm going to get through two. Uh, probably one. Just kidding. Lordy, all my storytelling. Have mercy. Did somebody speed that? Is that on double time? Okay. Oh, boy. All right, so let me just, let me check out a couple. If you're going to secure the perimeter, you got you to gotta secure your watchman first. got to secure the lookout. So as soon as you take it, and that, that's your people. That's your connect group. Another plug. Come on, somebody. Right? Get in your relationships. Have people in your corner. You got to have a lookout who's watching for the enemy, who's on your side, who's, uh, who's, who's with you in the battle, with you in the process. Okay? Check in on each other, too. Check in on each other. That's an important thing. You know, sometimes we don't just ask the straight-up point-blank question about how somebody's doing in their life. And not just a, hey, how you doing? I'm saying, like, pinpoint. Ask them, how's your marriage? How's that temptation area of addiction that you've been battling and, and overcoming? Let's talk about it, right? It, it, we got to be careful we don't ask somebody one time or we pray at an altar one time and someone says, yeah, I'm dealing with this, and we pray, we believe, come on, amen, you're good, and then we just, like, never ask them about how they're dealing with the giant they're facing. You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's check up on people again. All right, another one here. Secure your weapons. Come on, secure the weapons. Right, Ephesians 6, 11 through 18 is the armor of God, right? The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, right? The shield of faith. To, to stop the, the darts of the evil one, right? We, we want to take up the armor that God has given us. We pray. We stand in faith. We walk in peace, right? The Bible says, and to pray in the spirit on all occasions. Well, we need to have the weapons. If you're going to secure the ground, you got to keep using the armor that God gave you, right? Don't, don't just use the sword when you're conquering and you put your sword down, Right? Now you got to grab that sword and defend the perimeter of the land that God has given you. Amen? Secure the weapons. All right. Okay. And 30 seconds over. Let's have the team come up. <laughs> okay, how about this? Secure your, secure your health. One of the things he was talking about, if, if you're going to be able to defend against the enemy as, as a, as a, in the military, you got to stay healthy as best you can. Healthy, your body, stay rested, right? You're, you're eating right. You're working out, you know, when you're out there on the field. You're, and you got to think right. He said, yeah, there's times where maybe a buddy's just got funky with something. And before you go on the mission, because they can't really afford to let somebody just, like, sit back at base when you're out on the field like that. I, I said, you know, can they just sit out a day? He goes, no, don't work like that. You don't sit out a day when you're out there on mission. But sometimes you got to stop and look at your buddy in the face and say, hey, what's up? Let's deal with this. Let's get this funk out of your life because if you don't, if you don't get right in your head, we're not going to be right out there on the field, right? So 2 Corinthians 10.5, this is a powerful one when it talks about 
uh, securing the perimeter, right? We demolish arguments, every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You know what? Stop letting thoughts into your mind before you check them. <laughs> you got to check them. You check them at the gate. Check them. Don't just allow anything to come in. I know we're kind of into that right now, just letting anything into our country. But just, but don't, but don't let anything, don't just let anything into your mind. Don't just let anything in your mind. You got to set up a border. You got to set up some check marks, some checkpoints, some challenges to go. Hey, that's not going to be okay in my mind, because what gets in my head is going to start getting into my heart. It's going to affect everything in my life, right? I've got to. I've got to secure the perimeter of my mind. Take every thought captive. Now, here's, here's the problem. Sometimes we don't know if it's a wrong thought because we don't have anything to compare it to. And maybe, you know, we all grew up in different scenarios. Maybe you didn't get trained well on what thoughts to let in your mind and what thoughts not to let in your mind. No judgment on you, but just start devouring this book. <laughs> this, is, this is the test. This is the, the comparison to go, okay, is that thought coming at me from culture or from myself, is it right? Should I let it in? Well, does it pass the Word of God test? Does it line up with God's Word? Is it true in God's Word? If it's not, reject it. Get it out of there. Get it out. I don't care if everyone on the planet thinks it's a good idea. If it's not confirmed in the Word of God, reject it. Get it out of your life. Remove it from your situation. Remove it from your situation. Oh, man, these were so good. <laughs> can't. 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 It's hungry. People are hungry. You know what I mean? We, we got to get back out there and get more shepherd's coffee. Come on, somebody. Prophesy. I'm getting a witness back there. I see that. Um, I think you get the point. Secure the perimeter, right? Well, and, and, and what areas, right, a lot of times you got to do is take some assessment. Is there an area of your life right now that's open to the attack of the enemy? Is, is there is an area of your life that you left unsecured? You don't have people watching your six, so to speak. You don't have people in your world that are helping you stay, uh, stay in step with God's way, stay protected from the enemy. You know, think about that. When it comes to your marriage, think about that. When it comes to your relationships, when it comes to your parenting, when it comes to your work, when it comes to your, your business ideas and strategy, when it comes to your health, like every area of our life, God, God, help me to secure the ground that you've given me. I want to secure it. I, want to, I don't want to lose ground to the enemy unnecessarily, right? We're designed to advance, to rule, to take dominion to subdue, to rule over the earth that God has given us, not to be taken out by the enemy, taken out by the enemy because of our thoughts, because of our heart, because of actions. God's with us, and God wants to empower you, right? God wants to empower you to continue to win. You're, you're hardwired for victory. You really are. You're designed for that. You're designed to overcome and win. But sometimes... We've been unintentionally allowing the enemy to keep coming back in and robbing our life and messing with us. Let's all stand. Let me pray.
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, just, just allow the Holy Spirit to highlight maybe areas that you might need to shore up some gaps in your perimeter. You, you may have some areas that are just allowing the enemy to kind of rob you blind. And maybe, maybe even this moment you realize, you didn't even realize you've been kind of getting messed with by the enemy. You just thought, well, that's just life. You know, life is what it is, and things are tough sometimes. Well, maybe, yes, we have challenges, absolutely. You know, there's always going to be a fight to take territory and take ground. But maybe it's more than that. Maybe the enemy has been just messing with you, and you didn't even realize it, so you've been allowing it. Well, it's time to establish, <laughs> it's time to secure the perimeter of your life. It's time to declare the blood of Jesus over your home, over your business, over your kids, over your friendships, over your school, over your college, over everything you're doing. When you walk in that space, you secure the perimeter in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you right now. I thank you, Lord, for whatever has been lost whatever territory the enemy has stolen from us. You know, the word is full of the term restoration and restoring and regaining. But it also has a, a thread that Pastor Ian Leanne have talked about often too, times too, that he, when God repays stolen property, stolen territory, oftentimes it's not just replacing, it's double. And sometimes it's way more than double, right? But I'm just declaring that you're going to recover and then some, in Jesus' name. Come on, how many need God to restore some things? Go ahead and lift up your hand. Maybe there's some things that have been lost, things that have been stolen, <coughs> ground that's been taken. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare restoring ground. I declare property coming back. I declare business returning. I declare relationships being restored. I declare marriages being renewed. Children that maybe feel like they're away, they're coming back home. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are, are not going to just allow the enemy to sort of have its way and wreak havoc in our homes, in our workplaces, and in our minds and our hearts, but we, uh, we take dominion. We establish the territory that you've given us in the name of Jesus. And right now, come on, we put the blood of Jesus over our homes. We declare the blood of Jesus over our business. Enemy, you back off of our home. You back off of our children. You back off of our spouse. You back off of our income streams. You back off of our health in the name of Jesus. I declare healing and wholeness and strength in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you receive it, give God a hand clap of praise this morning. Just with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, another self-reflection type of a moment. And then I'm going to hand it back over to Pastor the first thing we have to secure is we secure our soul, we secure our future, our eternity, and that's through Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can secure your eternity. He's the only one who can secure your salvation and your peace and your forgiveness. Jesus came to earth, died on the cross to secure your freedom, to lock it in, and we just have to put our faith in him. So I just want to quickly ask, if you're maybe you're for the first time or just been coming a short time and you've never yet made that decision to surrender your life to Jesus, to turn from your old way, turn to him, put your hope in him, put your faith in, in Jesus, receive what he did for you on that cross, I want to give you an opportunity in just a moment. 
Or maybe you've done that in the past, but you just realized, man, I've been away from God. I've been kind of running a little bit. And I just know that today's a day where you're going to draw a fresh line in the sand and say, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm following you. I'm all in. I make that decision and declaration again here this morning. That's you in the count of three. Just boldly lift up your hand so I can know who I'm praying with. One, two, three. Just go and lift up your hand. Awesome. Great. See your hands. See your hands. Anybody else? Just say, that's me. Good. See your hands there. Good. Anybody else? Nice and high. I want to know who I'm praying with. Be bold. Be strong. Great. See your hands. So good. Proud of you guys. What an amazing move. Amazing step. Don't. If, if you feel your heart beating really fast, it's probably because you need to raise your hand right now. Okay? Raise your hand. Respond to the Holy Spirit. He loves you cares about you, gave his all for you, wants to restore to you the years that maybe have been stolen in your life. So church, I want you all to repeat this prayer after me. It's a prayer of faith and declaration that we are following Jesus. And those of you who raise your hand for the first time or recommitment, you know what's going to happen right now? And it's already happening. He's forgiving you. He's cleaning you up of all of your sin. He's washing you clean. He's putting you on a, a new start, a new trajectory in your life. And he loves you. You're saved. You're redeemed. You're destined destination is heaven with him. Amen. Amen. So church, repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin and raising him from the dead to give me life. Jesus, I turn from my old ways and I follow you with all my heart for the rest of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit from this moment on. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.